This is the Evolution Exchange podcast, a channel that connects some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Andy. I help connect businesses with the best UX and UI freelance talent. And today, I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the role of UX and UI in gaming success. So that's across mobile and PC and console, everything about UX and UI and how it relates into games. We've got four brilliant guests with us today to talk about the topic. And as always, we've got four fantastic questions to discuss as well. Before we get into the questions, we're going to do some introductions. So, Hernan, please could you go first with your introduction? Oh, okay. Uh, well, hello, my name is Hernan. Everybody knows me as Nano, so you can call me that in that way. I'm a graphic designer. I'm from Chile. So sorry if my English fails a little bit, uh, but I'm still trying to learn about the English accent. Uh, well, if I get frozen on any point, it's because I don't understand anything you said. Okay. <laughs> so, well, I moved with my family a little over a year and a half ago to UK. I was hired by Sumo Livington uh, as a senior UI designer. And uh, basically my work experience had begun almost 16 years ago. Uh, when I left the university, I, I started working in uh, Wanaku Games. That was the only Latin America studio those years. Uh, and then I moved to another kind of company. I spent five years there and then I moved to a complete different agency of design based in broadcasting. Uh, so I have a kind of long hiatus from video games, almost nine years. Uh, and well, for various reasons, including the pandemic, I returned to video games in another Chilean company, Giant Monkey Robot, uh, working with former colleagues. And a year later, I was contacted by Sumo, and the rest is the story. Um, <laughs> and what else? Anything about me? I have two children, which I think is the most difficult job I have today. <laughs> uh, and I usually do classes at some universities and also have a master in innovation. And we are creating with some colleagues uh, there uh, a kind of VR video game uh, to detect social emotional risk in children and teenagers. Has been very very funny and challenging. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my experience. No, that's perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, we'll come to Giles. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Dano. How am I meant to follow that? That's uh, that's quite an intro. Um, hi everyone, I'm Giles, I'm a presentation director at Ubisoft Leamington, uh, I've, uh, it's a new role for me, I've been there about six months, uh, but I have been in the gaming industry for most of my career, uh, coming up to nearly, oh, almost 15 years at this point, I don't like to think about it, who does, <laughs> um, but I had a brief stint in film and television before that, uh, very brief. Uh, before my passion for gaming just kind of was like, hey, people make games for a living. Who doesn't want to do that? Um, and so that was me. Uh, from then on, I, I found uh, I was a 2D generalist. I always had good 2D skills. Uh, found myself at a small mobile studio up north and um, quickly found myself uh, working with UI and UX. Um, and as they say, the rest is history after that uh went from mobile games to uh, pc and mobile and then finally console um uh my latest big release was the quarry with supermassive games um which is uh definitely great had a good time i've had a good time throughout my experience in the gaming industry uh i'm i think i'm fortunate fortunate enough that i can say that all the companies i've worked at have, have been very good to me and it's been a very good and welcoming space um uh, so it's great and uh, I'm excited to chat UI and UX with the rest of you. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, Raphael, let's go and see you. Sure. Hello, everyone. First of all, thanks for having me here. My name is Raphael. I'm a senior UX designer in Rovio's Puzzle Studio here in Finland. Uh, I'm originally from Brazil and I've been working with games for the past seven years. But I work with design in general with like softwares, service and other media for something around 14 years as well. And yeah, that's basically it. Perfect. Thank you very much. And lastly, Maria. Hi, everyone. So sorry if I make this popping a lot because I was listening to you coughing all the time. So yes, I'm Maria. I'm the UX director of Next Games uh, and Netflix Game Studio. I work in Spain and my career, I started working like a graphic designer and a web designer like Many, many, many years ago, 
and then moved to picture films which i love very much and i said okay this is similar to video games but it's not video games i'm a big fan of video games what happened if i video games so then after that i had a my own studio, Wuhan Studio, and I did a lot of things, but I started with a serious game in the Satan, it was the first time, no? I said, oh, it's something. So I went to Madrid <laughs> to, a, to a gaming company, and I started full-time working as UIUX, and then moved to King, and then now Netflix. So yes, more or less, in very quick. <laughs> that's <pretty simple. laughs> Fantastic. No, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Rian. Thank you to, to everyone for those great introductions. It's really really good to have you on and looking forward to this discussion obviously it's a really good topic to talk about so as always we're going to jump into the questions um and let's get going then so nano you first let's let's hear your question okay i have a kind of double question in one uh, my question is how did you become a ui ux uh, and in that sense how do you explain to someone that makes ui ux uh, some uh, somewhat external uh, how do you describe your role? Uh, just I'm going to take just a minute because basically I'm doing this question uh, because basically in my experience and at least experience of several colleagues uh, is, is that no one chooses to be an interface designer or an expert in user experience when they consider working in, in video games. Uh, it seems that in one way or another we enter to this area uh, maybe for company needs or a personal interest that is acquired over time because um, in fact I didn't even know what it was UI when I start. It was my boss at that time that put me in that position because he thought I wasn't as talented as struggling like the the other illustrator that he had. And so well I, I just fall in that position and and now I'm I'm a UI, but it's not like when I, I started studying graphic design and, and I wanted to move to video games, it's not like saying, mom, I want to be a UI artist. I want to be an expert in user experience. It's something that suddenly appears. Uh, uh, so yeah, that's that's my main question. And so first, again, first, how did you become a UI? Uh, and then uh, how do you explain your work to any other person? That's definitely a great question nano i think we've probably all got sort of a, a similar <laughs> story to tell there um I, I really particularly enjoy it yeah i don't think any of us woke up one day and went i want to be a ui artist um <laughs> there, there's always a way in isn't there um i started as as i said briefly in film and television but quickly um uh, found games and it was a 2d generalist artist um, where, you know, a bit of concept art, bit of texture art, bit of graphic design. And as, as, as you kind of say, UI wasn't really a UI UX wasn't the big explosive thing it is now. It's, it's kind of really dominated the market in the past five to 10 years. Um, and it was very much, Hey, the, the graphic designer, you, you can do UI, right? You can make buttons. Um, <laughs> and I think and for me, that's where it started. Um, for sure. Yeah. I think. For me, I had a very similar experience because I also started in the broadcasting industry. So like I just ended up being a UX because of a series of lucky accidents. So I started working with like motion graphics because I was studying graphic design. But previous to that, I've been always involved with bands when I was a teenager and we were doing like videos and websites. So moving to motion graphics was easy. And then once the software industry started to reach its peak, I moved to companies that were making apps and I was lucky enough to join Samsung like more than 10 years ago in a time that they were building the biggest UX lab of Latin America. So I actually learned about UX with the, like the best of the best back in that time. And it was a very nice moment because in that moment I learned that, Hey, I love this thing called UX. I want to work with that. And at the same time, I met a lot of people that were in the gaming industry. So parallel to that realization. I noticed that, wow, I didn't know games was actually a possibility as a career. So if I can work with games, something that I really love, why am I doing like operational systems and apps for banks? So I just switch it two times in a row. Yes, and my experience is similar as yours as well. Like lucky accidents all the time. <laughs> I study advertising and I work marketing departments and communication departments and so on as as well as, as designing things, no like web, motion, 
I work for TV as well, making interfaces for TV programs and things like that. No? So it was easy for me to start as UI because it all all the pieces make sense. No, I can I can make the visual structure and so on. And then also before being uh, after being a UI, I moved into UX because at the beginning UI was very broad and people. Aldin, my experience is I hide you as a UI, but I don't know exactly what you are going to do. So <laughs> what is going to happen? So, and then you, I figured out that I would not do it any UI. I was doing UX as well, no, because in marketing and in advertising, it's very clear you have to focus on the user and, and create a communication, no, that is uh, what fulfill the user needs, no, and it's clear for Coca-Cola and it was not so clear then for video games. So. I started to say to the company, okay, so maybe we can, we can think, oh no, in, in creating the fantasy for users and this kind of thing. <laughs> so it, it sounds good. No, and for me, it was like, oh, this is amazing. It's like creating a puzzle. So, so yes, it was like very smooth, uh, all the time. And then without any direction, just life happened. And... <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's that's fantastic. We all just kind of found our way here. Um, as, as for your se- second part of your question, Nano, uh, explaining people what what you do, or trying to explain your role—that's always been a challenge. Um, I think uh, even even to my own family. I think you know my mother still thinks I make the entire games by myself for some reason. <laughs> he makes games. That's, that's yeah. what he does. Um, yeah, it's it's a difficult one and. Whenever I try and explain to somebody, you know, I, I, I'm a UI artist uh, back then, it's even more difficult now trying to explain to someone what a presentation director is, um, which, which I can get onto. But um, it, I've always found trying to explain the role where, oh, you know, with the, the interface and how, how users interact and either people get very interested or their eyes start to glaze over. <laughs> and sit, sit back in their seat. So that's kind of the two reactions I faced when trying to explain my role to someone. I, I don't think this question gets any easier. I remember when I was still doing UI UX, I was just anchoring myself on the UI part. But now that I only work with UX, I just give up. You know, you mentioned that uh, <laughs> but your parents think. I think if you ask my parents, they will say that I work with computers, which in one side, it's kind of true. So I just don't argue. I, I only try to explain, but if people don't get it, I just give a thumbs up for whatever they get. Raphael try tries to explain it now for for the listeners. Then, so if someone obviously in in the industry, oh. what what would you say you do on it? Is it on a daily basis, or what would you be the biggest part of your role? Oh, if I will give you the romantic answer, like the yeah. answer that I try to leave, yeah. life, that's like, oh, I try to build, I try to help my teams to build experiences that are useful and memorable and engaging. So my role, it's almost like if I'm trying to build bridges to connect all the disciplines towards a more player centric experience. But yeah, that's the, that's the good answer. The wrong one is to work with computers more or less. (laughs) The answer with the buzzword, (laughs) got the buzzword in. Yeah. What about about yourself? No, I, 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 I always try to use, uh, especially when I do classes, I always try to do this kind of cliche uh, phrase that say that a good interface doesn't need to be explained. So basically, if you don't know what is an interface, it's because it's good. Uh, and I was try. well, we, we got similar ages. So probably everybody here use uh, Windows 3.1 and then Windows 98. So basically when, and in the previous version of Windows, you have this kind of vertical tabs that was super annoying. So suddenly a great designer uh, says, okay, this is not working. So made a huge evolution in Windows 95. And then uh, in the 98 version was another kind of little revolution with the icons and other kind of stuff. Uh, and if you think this is the current base of the current Windows, in Windows 11 is, yeah, a lot of things changes. Uh, we have uh, uh, a spectacular graphic capacity right now in the systems, but basically the structure is, is still the same. So when I try to explain what it's a UI is basically that when you get to reach uh, a way in where the users doesn't care about uh, if the where to find things, 
uh, who, which instructions follow in a game. It's basically because you're using a, a rig UI. And of course, uh, I, this is the ideal work. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this is how can I can try to explain that. But obviously, it's not, it's not easy. I've always found that in our roles, it's, it's the thankless job. Right. Everyone notices beautiful <laughs> graphics and amazing worlds. And if, if we've done our job right, no one notices. If we've done it badly, that's, that's when yeah. people, <laughs> that's when people comment. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yes. I, I don't know how to explain it. I give up because, and so I don't know if it's for being a, a woman or something that people start me like, and actually, you are paid for doing that. You want to kill so you're going to stay, you're getting older, you're going to stay working. <laughs> so it's uh, sometimes for the people that don't understand it at all, I use like the filmmaker like metaphor or something like that. So imagine game designers are the ones that write the script, no? And then the rest of the people that create the, uh, someone needs to create the film. So we are the ones that create, no? The game with all the crazy ideas that game design uh, gave to us so <laughs> we are creating the, the behavior and the actual look and how you learn and where you click and this kind of things but yes it's very difficult for people so you have the answer like what like the characters <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> yeah i think i think the best practical way to answer that question is that when people actually start noticing the benefits they get that moment of like ah i have a bunch of friends that they have like, you know, small companies and a friend of mine, he had this uh, company that was basically a service for organizing finance. And I was just helping him like, Hey, if you change this, this, and that, it's going to be a lot easier for you to use. And then he did the changes and he was like, ah, now I get what you do. Now I'm understanding. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Well, now it was a really, really good first question. It's, I suppose it's nice going into the other questions of the podcast for us to get a little bit of context to you all, I know you did a bit of an introduction, but as to how you see what your role is and, and, and how you got into it. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. We'll move on to the, the next question should come from Giles. I think it leads on quite nicely. So Giles, over to you. Yeah, I, I think it, I think we're primed and it was inevitable that this would come up is given given our group here is um, how do we each distinguish between the roles of UI and UX um, is something I'm interested to hear everyone's thoughts on because this is a role, even within our small group, I'm sure we've often faced where these roles have been smushed together um, and you have to do wear every hat under the sun. You're perhaps a UI artist and a designer and a UX designer. Um, and part two of my question is the expectations of those disciplines as well that can vary, in my experience, dramatically from studio to studio where you're working and what, what the studio thinks a UI artist or a UX designer is. Anyone want to come in first on that? Because it's really good that on this as well, we haven't got like four UI artists or directors for UX. We've got a nice mix. So it'll be really interesting to hear that, that difference. Yeah, whoever wants to start. Uh... <laughs> go, no, no, do you want to jump in? You can go first. Oh, I'm always the first. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I would try to answer both questions in just in one answer. Uh, I'm infinitely grateful that thanks to the evolution of the video games industry uh, had in the last years, little by little, there is a kind of more notion about the substantial difference in both areas. 
Uh, even I, although I believe that knowing about both things are very useful, it's super clear that a well-structured company and experienced company, uh, I think, is capable of separately assessing the contribution of both branches. Uh, for example, in my case, in Sumo, uh, um, we have people that are poorly, completely dedicated in UX and others like me that uh, take care about UI. Um, and in that case, if I have to explain the difference, I think it's a very basic example. Uh, but uh, that is, uh, I always use this example of the uh, Terminator movie. In that <laughs> scene, when when the Terminator uh, has a part of the skin of his face removed, uh, and you see the entire robotic part, uh, so it trying compare that to video games uh, of course in the first level we have the game designers who will establish the characteristic of everything that the robot has and the powers and everything like that and then you have the engineers that will make all this is going to be translated in a code capable of fulfilling uh, those requirements and then comes the ux uh, that will take the enormous task of making these pieces fit together in a first step and work in tandem with the other area so that everything works as a year and then come the ui like me that maybe will put the skin uh, or the grapper so that those who see the movie understand the potential of terminator without even thinking about it so it's like a mixture uh, but obviously the ux acquires a fundamental role in being a central a kind of central axis uh, to that objective uh, sent from design uh, that can really be executed correctly, eliminating all those unnecessary things that usually appears, uh, and also adding parts that nobody has seen. Uh, always thinking about, of course, the public that are going to play the the game, etc. And 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 also then as a UI, it's up to me to receive that model and polish it into something visually attractive and consistent with the style that everybody's expecting to see. And obviously. I can detain and, and put a warn about things that maybe we uh, nobody thought previously, but but yeah, I guess the UX uh, part uh, it's very difficult. In Suma, we have a great girl. Is uh, uh, her name is Joan? She's a UX manager, so she's in charge of translating into wireframes all those ideas that usually are super crazy ideas from the game designers. Uh, so <laughs> it. That job infinitely relieves the amount of different options and variants to finally focus on my area. And so I don't want to talk too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but, but uh, one thing I just want to add uh, is that I think that uh, a UX person doesn't necessarily need to be a designer or have a, or need a, an artist background. Uh, um, but of course, a UI, yes. It's a, this is one of the differences I see. Um, um yeah that's it <laughs> that's my, my answer right yeah and maybe i can roll on from that point uh actually yeah i'm on the same line with many of these points but i think you guys mentioned it's something that it's interesting because that differentiation will change according to the like studio maturity level let's say so i've been into places that they were considering ui just like pure visuals or ux just like a discipline that will do a usability check. So the, the the maturity level of the studio and the team and the project and all these things will change the answer a little bit. And I usually try not to oversimplify because, you know, saying like UI cares about visual. I know that it's not just that. I'm pretty sure that you think about interaction design and even usability itself when you are doing these things. Yeah. Uh, but at least for me nowadays, I think that like, if you are in a good, let's say a high, highly mature level, I usually use this metaphor that when you are doing UI, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I'm saying from my experience and from interacting with good people, good professionals in that area, when you are doing UI, you can actually like allow yourself to focus on that specific slice of the experience. But when I'm thinking about UX, I need to constantly zoom in and zoom out. So I need to... Up kind of embrace that holistic approach. It's not just about making that specific slide useful and fluid, but it's about like how this little piece will connect to the rest of the things and will make something that 
can generate certain emotional response or something that is totally different. And that actually kind of snowballed to another part that uh, maybe when I was working with softwares, it was easier to justify this difference. Because when you are doing a software, you have literally a problem to be solved. You go like, I'm doing this app for the bank and the feature is about, you know, uh, getting uh, getting some money, uh, asking for some money. You have a clear problem, you have a clear solution, you have clear like friction points and pain points. But when you are doing a game, you don't play games to solve a problem. It's actually quite the opposite. It's a self-imposed challenge. So you have a million other reasons behind that. And that level of complexity uh, actually requires this zoom in and zoom out. So that was a long answer just to say that uh, <laughs> both things, they are connected. They will overlap many times, but I think like UI, it's like, it's not just about thinking about the visuals, but it's about like getting that slice of the experience and polishing it to perfection and then seeing how this is going to connect to the other slices. I think I like a lot the word that you say that the holistic vision is the key thing for the UX and the maturity of, of the studio because it's the, the most differentiated thing that we have uh, understanding UI and UX, it depends on the maturity of the studio. For me, UX is totally holistic and it, it begins even before having any solution because sometimes we focus on giving the best solution, but sometimes we don't understand the problem. No, and, and for me, the UX is like, okay, so we have this design and we can make this design in a million different ways. But what are the needs of the users? What do you yeah. expect for me to create? So first for all, for everything, I need to understand what they need, what they want, and how can I trans translate this concept into something that they will fully enjoy and have and feel the emotions that I'm going to not to translate for them. So this is the first thing, and for me, the most important, and that's, that also um, implies user players knowing psychology and also talking to them, qualitative, quantitative research, and this kind of thing. Because also we used to do, um, to think about user research, like playtesting, but empathizing is very important. Now, before doing anything, plan what you want to do and understand and empathize with the users. So, for me, UX is that. And then, of course, we can do flows. Of course, we can do wireframes. Of course, no. But it's like, when I know everything, I can do a solution. If not, it's impossible. And then I need to validate the solution. Because if not, I don't know if I'm doing um, something good or not. And then is when UI comes. And then UI says, okay, so you are making these wireframes. You are making these flows. So now we are going to work together. Because I don't see a boundary like, okay, I can give you a white frame, paint the white frame. <laughs> no, so I think it doesn't <laughs> make sense. No, so the idea is that for me, the UX should have a visual knowledge. They should know visual design, like gestalt principles. So uh, this kind of visual, um, very, very initial uh, ideas for being able to create a white frame. If not, we can create uh, terrible things. No, and then. But then, of course, the proficiency on visual design is in the UI, no? So if the UI understands all the process that we did and um, went with us on every step, they can help us to translate the screen into something like wonder, no? And, and we can use, for me, it's working together in that state to create the best possible uh, shape, sizes, typography, motion, uh, animations, effects, particles, to create the illusion or the fantasy that we uh, understood at the beginning. So they are different, yes. Sometimes in some steps they are working together and mostly the same as well, yes. So... Yeah, <laughs> I, th I think that's... <laughs> I, I think that was really clear. Um, and the reason I ask is, is for exactly that, right? We're the two disciplines that require us to work very closely together a lot of the time. Um, and certainly in my early career, it was, uh, you are the UI artist and you are the UX designer. And the, the, the skill set that you need for that role, uh, you know, the list goes on. So I have the art, the animation, the wireframes, the prototypes, the flow, the implementation, all on one person. Um, <laughs> and then that, that becomes overwhelming. And I think, you know, the, the maturity of the studio that you, that you both spoke of is is something I find fascinating that 
as we go on year by year, we're seeing this greater separ- separation between the roles in in their own respect as a as a discipline, rather than this kind of like we can just push people together and get one person to do it all. Surely, uh, <laughs> right, well, why do you think that is, Charles? Because you said at the beginning as well, obviously, UI and UX has become a, a bigger thing over the last sort of five five to ten years as well, just in in itself as a discipline. And then, obviously, as it's grown and it's maturing, now you're seeing like a greater separation between the mm. two. Why? Uh, learning, understanding. Uh, I think you know, knowledge and research that's been you know, cognitive science plays a big part in in UX, and these are all sort of things that um, that the game, as the games industry has matured and looked at these aspects, um, that we've seen the benefits of of having those roles and allowing people to specialize and having that you know it's a full-time job ux is a full-time job and ui is a full-time job to try and i think people are seeing the benefit of having a dedicated specialist for these areas rather than kind of a one-stop shop um so it's uh, and for me that's you know it's it's wonderful i work with a ui team and a ux team uh, and see their collaboration together and what you can achieve greatly outweighs what you would you could if just asking one person to try and struggle underneath that weight. Nano, did you want to come in on that? Oh, yeah, I think you're on mute. There we go. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add. Maybe it's just my vision, but uh, I think one of the the key uh, the key things that change uh, everything is the appearance of the mobile. Uh, yes. platforms it changed a lot of things because basically years ago all the interaction for uh, for example of the games was based on a lot of the rules established by the consoles okay. and to a lesser degree the pc in those times but then in those years it was much easier to for the same professional to control the variables uh, basically because i don't know in any game of playstation 3 it has the obligation to show certain amount of buttons in the menu. It was always necessary to design respecting a specific, I don't know, safe frame uh, or that space of the bar should consider the text locations. I don't know. But of course, today with the diversity of devices, screen sizes, I don't know, resolutions, and also all the possibilities that gives you editors like Unreal or Unity, uh, it has become clear that. Uh, that those established rules that we had previously are not longer be followed with in the same way. And it's almost impossible that a good, for example, a good UI professional can establish a good flow between screens without the help of someone who is an expert in how the specific audience navigates through menus. Uh, so in the long run, as more options have opened up, uh, the more specialities you will need and the less, uh, for me, the less confidence and quality of the final product uh, if there is a person who knows to do everything uh, like in the past. So I think one of, uh, it's just my vision, I don't know, but I think mobile changed a lot of things. Uh, no, I definitely agree, Nano, with the, that. The, the arrival of the iPhone, the arrival of the touchscreen mobile, um, and that expanse in audience as well, suddenly it, more people more people from walks of life are playing games um everything from children to to the to the elderly to to people with accessibility needs suddenly had different ways they could engage and play with games which opened up the market uh for a greater need certainly for ux well it's, it's a really nice sort of the topic title of this obviously is the role of ux ui in gaming success so to hear obviously that the value being placed on it has a greater success which is probably why over the last couple of years to your point giles is it is splitting and getting more emphasis on on the value of it because people can see the success um that it creates but no really good question so thank you for that and so some good discussions um we will go on to the second que- uh, the third question now um which will come from Raphael. so Raphael, please uh over to you yeah so my question is in your experience what is the recommended phase of the development process where UX and UI efforts should be considered to significantly impact that success that we're discussing. And just to give a little context, yeah, basic, what we conclude with the last question, and we all agree is that the more you know about your players, the better you can, the better the product that you can offer, uh, the bigger the chances of success. So I'm a strong believer that the earlier that you start thinking about these things, 
the better, but I know that this is not the reality sometimes. So I want to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts? I will, I'll jump in uh, just to save Nano from having to go first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll be surprised if there's any disagreement between us here, but it's all the way through, right? From the very beginning, you, you, you can't, you can't not. And if you are, you're, you potentially doing something wrong. Um, so it, it's the first point of UI certainly, uh, which is the first point of contact for every single person who's going to play that game. You cannot play that game without some form of interface that requires UX. Uh, and if, if you mess that up, then, <laughs> that, that, that's the end there. And, and on from that, the, the UX continues all the way throughout. Uh, so we've talked a lot about UI and UX together, but I think what a lot of people don't realize is UX goes far beyond UI. Uh, certainly in gaming, right into the into the into the gaming world, you know, how does a player understand this environment? How do I understand what I can and can't interact with? Uh, how do I interact with it? Uh, it's not just local to to the interfaces, uh, and so if you don't have that UX process continued right the way through, um, your your players will inevitably struggle at some point. Yeah. As you said, I, I wouldn't be also surprised if we all don't agree, like, winning your English from the very beginning, because if we don't have a professional, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of UX work that needs to be done, and someone is going to do it. So if it's not a UX or a UI professional, an artist is going to do it, or a game designer is going to do it. So when they think, okay, so we are ready now for having a UI or a UX or both. And then there's months of development and... What I saw is like, you arrive at a place that maybe you need to change everything because it's not working or you have to build on top of something that you don't know is if it's the correct answer, not for the players. So if UX from the beginning helps to create the correct process because UX is about process and about how we work <laughs> and also it's about are we feeling the needs <laughs> or not? Because maybe we are wasting time if not, or we have to read the goal if not. So it's not very... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think I've ever been part of a process where it's been sort of like, oh yeah, UX is done now. You, you guys are just like, that, that that couldn't happen, surely. <laughs> Has it? Has anyone experienced that? <laughs> <laughs> I see very crazy stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Nano can go and then I'll comment about this. <laughs> Nano, do you, do you want to comment? I think you're on mute. Sorry. Oh, sorry. My fault. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving teams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I completely agree with you guys. Uh, I think this, especially the UX part, uh, it's something that needs to be uh, during the entire development uh, of the game. And maybe if we are thinking just in UI, like uh, the, the artist part, uh, of course, we can act in some points, but at least a user experience is it's so important and i guess this is one of the most present current problems in the industry uh, do for example the lack of time that we have sometimes uh, i don't see too many companies or too many uh i don't know people doing uh research uh, along all the game uh, development I think we still don't give enough importance or take enough time to make a like texting with users, seeing that uh, what works or what doesn't. I don't know guerrilla testing, impression tests, A/B testing. Uh, I don't know what to. I don't want to say that it's always the case. Of course, there are some companies that really care about that, but in many others, given the limited times or the even the budgets, uh, a lot of times we firmly believe, for example, that. We have prepared and delivered to user the best uh, interface possible, uh, and and then we get low reviews of things super silly. For example, I have a super terrible example, but uh, in one of the reviews we I received in one game I don't know two years ago uh, was a bad review because uh, at the end of the game uh, the users didn't know if they won uh, a match or not simply because we try to avoid put in text and just put some icons. So for us, the solution was incredible because the game was super visual, but we completely missed that for the rest of the people probably uh, was not the best <laughs> solution. So 
So uh, we have, uh, of course, I have to do a timeline. UX is from the birth of the game, and UI can come in, in in some specific moments. But but of course, it's something that we need to be involved in the entire process. Uh, especially thinking that everybody knows that in the game industry that the games changed so much since the they did, uh, they were conceived uh, until they they are realized. Uh, a lot of things change, so yeah, that's my vision. I ju- I wanted to just touch on that because it, it resonated me resonated with me, Nano. Um, because we can often be too close to our work, right? And that's why the user testing part uh, is so important. Something we've been looking at for months and months, and you're like, yeah, this makes sense, and you put it in front of somebody who's never seen it before, yeah, and suddenly all the cracks will start to show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's funny that you guys are mentioning this because we're talking about the overlaps and differences between UX and UI, but there's also game design in the way. Yeah. So, (laughs) like, where to place these things? I've been into projects that, like, okay, I will finish the design of this feature and then I'll pass to UX and then UI. And then you have this problem (laughs) that, like, one detail in one of these parts will ultimately change the design. So, that's that's why, like, in the end of the day, it's just better for the project because you have more flexibility and it's cheaper to iterate and it's better for the team itself because you're not, like, if I make a suggestion, I'm not going to have an artist saying, like, no, I will change this whole beautiful screen. Like, we're working, you know, next to each other and I can give feedback early on and the other way around. So everyone benefits. And for the research part, I think in the past, like, especially before the pandemic, okay, like the budget was an ex like a, not a valid exclusive, but I could at, at least like pass across that. But nowadays we have so many online options that they are dirty cheap that it's just a matter of like planning that step and you are gonna be on track. Yeah. So I I can't I can't speak enough to that that agile workflow <laughs> and not not having that siloed working of of game design being I'm done you do your bit um just that it, it pains me to hear that. <laughs> Do any of you ever get any um, like any pushback, or do does any other of the other disciplines tend to like undervalue the the importance of like when to add UX and UI in, into the processes and things? Oh, that's a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I as I said uh, in my introduction, I've I've been pretty lucky. I think I've had pretty positive experiences in the places I've worked that people do value that difference. Um, and work collaboratively in a in a in a back and forth manner. Um, so for me, I can't say. Yeah, this this that question I was saying didn't mean to be like uh, you know in in the current company or the current situation, but more as like a yeah in the industry has there ever been you know where it is difficult because like like we were saying earlier around UX and UI's being it, it's maturing still and over the last couple of years in that early couple of years when it was still developing and and becoming more important was the like did you guys feel a bit of pushback and you had to make that argument as to like the points you're making now was like well this is why we need it yeah i yeah. think it, go on Raphael. yeah yeah no for me i'm on the same track like i've been very lucky with the teams that i've been part but the problem is like i've been in situations that i was an external consulting or a freelancer just helping in a certain part and that's the moment that problems start to appear because you literally become that person that arrives like after everything, like a cycle of iteration, it's finalized and you are the one point in problems. So every time I was put in that position, I faced pushback and I cannot judge because it's, it's not just a, a process flaw that, that this would happen anyway. But I think that with all the teams that I've been involved with, like once you communicate with people, things are things are right yeah I, I i definitely agree and that speaks to to the to the question we just we just answered right it's about when when you come into that process is where is when you face the pushback if you come in too late people uh do react more negatively and to wait what i've got to change my design now um yeah no that's really interesting and a really really good question um so i appreciate that Raphael. And we'll move on to the to the last question then. So, uh, Maria, over to you. So, I I think I read something like, why being a UX uh, is so difficult in video games? And mostly I was thinking about what are the bigger 
difficulties that we face every day in our careers, <laughs> not in <laughs> Because I have this also as a context, I have this feeling like we have to explain all the time the value that we add. Educate about research, educate about design thinking, educate about innovative ways of working, educate about collaborative design, iterative design. So I don't see the, the rest of the, the artists, no? Trying to have this, this need to educate people. <laughs> like if you hire an artist, you know, and you take for granted that it's like valuable, no? So I don't know. That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can totally, uh, um, resonate with that. It, um, it's, it's an education and an understanding, uh, throughout my career. That's been the difficulties, uh, of saying, you know, as we spoke about in the past hour of like, what is UX, um, and, and breaching that barrier with people. Uh, and I think again, it speaks to the maturity of the studio that we spoke about earlier, um, and investing in the UX <laughs> will make it easier and less difficult. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a matter of auto-validation too. Uh, of course, pre years ago it was more difficult because we, at least personally, I always felt like uh, the last step of the game. Um, but now uh, I have been involved, I don't know, in leading positions, so I, I have I'm older now too, so that experience uh, gives you more, more time to fight <laughs> uh, and and validate yourself. Uh, like I don't know, uh, I, I'm able, uh, based in my ex in ex my experience, for example, to tell uh, anyone in the team that this is not going to work because, uh, and I always give examples. Uh, a father always give examples for everything, so we're <laughs> trying to to try to to compare. But but it's like when um, Maria mentioned previously, it's like it depends also in the experience of the company, the the amount of people they have, because uh, I don't know. Uh, you never expect uh, when you go to a doctor, for example, you never expect that uh, I don't know an orthopedic surgeon uh, uh, to be equally good at operating shoulders or hips. Uh, of course, when he learns to operate, uh, it's obvious that he goes uh, through both sides, but it's impossible for him to be equally good at both. So that is just uh, I will work him to out and eventually lower his level and do the new improvements in video games. This industry has been incredibly growing uh, the last 20 years, especially after the pandemic, it has been a huge uh, growth in the uh, and in all the companies. Uh, so I think the, the specialty uh, give us also the opportunity to validate ourselves, to to let all the people know the importance of this process, the times that it gets to create something. Um, I guess at least in the in the last three years, I, I I never had again the problem that I realized uh, I don't know a design uh, like in December and in March uh, the design uh, completely changed because uh, someone's decision. And um, but it's something that usually happens before ten years ago. That again we were the the last step on on the on the video games uh, because we don't either have a, a, a name like UI UX and now we have a name and now it's son of us to defend that, to give us an, our opinion because we have a lot of uh, examples that shows that we are right in some things uh, <laughs> and, and how to avoid failure in, in, in the future. I, I just want to say, I'm uh, Nano, I'm going to start stealing your analogies, the, both the Terminator <laughs> one and the Doctor <laughs> one. Um, them, I've taken them. They're mine. <laughs> this is really metaphor. <laughs> yeah, for me, well, I have a few points. I'll try to make it short. So first of all, there's what Nano was mentioning. Like for us, we are in the industry, so our perception of time is a little bit biased, but video games, they're quite new. If you go to the UX literature, it's mostly based on software and services. And the easier way for us to notice that is just thinking about five years ago, like we have a lot more clarity nowadays. So there's this natural part. The second part 
uh, it's that we have a lot of these overlaps with game design, UI, narrative sometimes, uh, research. And these overlaps, they cause a little bit of unclarity in the team. So like nowadays, I'm extremely lucky that I'm in a team that everyone in there is a brilliant collaborator. We just like, we don't fight in these moments of overlap. We just use this as opportunities to, you know, make things better. But it's not always the case. And that goes to my final point. When we are learning about UX, we learn a lot about the tech skills. You know, we want to know how to execute this methodology, how to do a proper wireframe, how to do research. But nobody talks about the soft skills. Nobody talks about communication, about how to deal with these problems, how to actually like align all the disciplines to have this communal understanding of the player-centric approach. And these are things that I have at least some hope that we're going to evolve because nowadays people already understood that, hey, understanding your players, it's something that really matters for everyone. It doesn't matter if you are a UI person or a UX person. If you know these things, you're going to do your craft. You're going to you know, execute your role a lot better. So I think it's hard, but it's getting better. <laughs> we are positive over the future. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And the communication, and for me, 90% of IUX is uh, soft skills, because you need to, you are in the middle of everything, in the middle of game design, in the middle of developers, uh, UI, artists, the team leads, product managers, everyone, no? So we need to be able to survive <laughs> and align <laughs> the team as well, and, and be proactive and make presentations, and not all these kind of things, but be able to transmit our design to it. So the people need feedback, receive feedback in a nice way. So it's, it's for me. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's funny that like the overall question for, for our chat is about like how or our actions can influence a game success. And I think that all of us, we cared, we kind of have the same role. Like we're there with the teams and we are the people with a little flag, just reminding everyone <laughs> that, hey, you you love what you're doing, but you are doing this for someone else. You are doing this for another person. So I think this is the the difficult part, but also the part that makes us love what we do. Definitely, I yeah, I can't. I've been in game design meetings in the past where it's very much. It can very easily start to be like, well, I like this or I like that, and I I want to do this. Uh, it's not about what you want. What what does the player want and the audience for this type of game? Um, I think we've all probably been in situations where we perhaps design or work on games that might not be to our taste. So, you know, you know, um, but not everyone's an action adventure player. Not everyone's a first person shooter player. Um, and so, keeping the methodology, the uh, what that player needs in mind is, yeah, so key. No, that's fantastic. If no one's got um, any more points that you want to mention on that, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. So, Maria. Thank you very much. It was a, a fantastic question. Obviously got a lot out of that as well. I thank all of you individually as well. So Giles, Raphael, Maria, and Nano, thank you very much for your, your contributions to putting your questions forward as well. Some great discussion in that and some great bits of advice. And hopefully everybody listening to this will get a lot from it. And hopefully you guys have taken a lot from it as well. So that's it for today. If anybody else wants to, to join the next episode of the Evolution Exchange podcast, feel free to reach out. But until then, we'll see you next time.